Welcome to 10 Minutes, a breakout investor podcast. Today, we are updating on Permafix, ticker P-E-S-I. Joining me to update on the company is breakout investor Aaron Warwick. But first, a disclaimer. No one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investors Discussion app, which can be accessed via your browser at app.breakoutinvestors.com, or you can download the mobile app by visiting the Apple or Android app stores. The application and much of the research content is free. Now to our topic, Permafix, ticker P-E-S-I. Aaron, you're pretty excited about Permafix. You think they've got a lot of business coming their way. Why don't you uh, start there and uh, give us an update? Yeah, Scott, the more I dig into this company and the more that that time passes and and we see things start to play out, the more bullish I'm getting. And so let me just begin by um, talking about how Permafix is is returning to normal after COVID. Uh, 2021 actually hit Permafix harder than 2020. The reason for that is because uh, they manage and treat uh, waste. And so in 2020, even as a lot of industries started to shut down because of COVID, uh, Permafix still had a backlog. So they're always you know, responding to other people because other people have to create this waste for them to be able to treat. And so uh, throughout 2020, they, they actually did fairly well because they had this backlog. Uh, but then in 2021, after they had worked through a lot of the backlog that, that was on hand in 2020 is when they really suffered. So revenue was down roughly 30, 35%, something like that. Uh, but now as they return to normal, I think we're actually going to see more bullish things have, which it, Permafix was on a bullish trajectory before COVID hit. Um, and there's just a lot of opportunities out there in front of them right now. And um, I think maybe we can just begin, if you want, Scott, by talking about the backlog. Yes. Well, be, before we get to the backlog, could you just give a quick sense? Uh, you say that people aren't generating waste. Uh, just remind folks what, what kind of waste they're cleaning up, who generates it, uh, how often do they win new contracts, and how big are those uh, contracts? Yeah, so they, uh, Permafix is dealing with industrial waste, nuclear waste, um, big projects, a lot of government-oriented uh, projects, and so uh, Department of Energy, for example. And so, uh, you know, that the government was agencies were some of the last of uh, agencies to return to normal, so to speak. And so that's why there was sort of that lag. Um, in terms of, you know, one of the things that uh, Permafix CEO Mark Duff mentioned on the last conference call was how the bidding activity had really picked up. Uh, and in fact, he said in March, there were, I, th- I think he said 28 bids that they had, um, which, you know, 20 in the in the past had been a good month for them and March tended to be a slower month. So you would expect fewer than that. So that's just gives you a sense of the types of projects they're bidding on and, and bid sizes can range from, you know, 5 million to, to 20 million, or excuse me, 500,000 to $20 million. It really just depends. Uh, they have a, a lot of different types of projects that they do. Yeah. Well, from your research, my mind is focused on the larger ones. And I'm sure you're going to talk about those in a second, but uh, yes. Most of those are waste issues that are historic in you know, the sense somebody made a mess uh, years or decades ago, or you got to take apart something that's hazardous. But it sounds like they've got a steady flow of business. Somebody, uh, it would seem the government is creating waste on a regular basis. You'd say 20, what is it, 20 bids a quarter? 
Yeah, they said 28 projects that they had just in the month of March. Uh, 20 a month, he said, was, uh, was pretty good in uh, normal times. And the first quarter, the CEO said, tends to be the slowest. So the fact that they had a, like, uh, he didn't say it was a record, but it, it sounds like it would be a record or close to it of 28 bids in one month. Uh, in what's normally your slowest quarter is obviously bullish. All right. So and the then, baseline business is going well, the smaller projects. But what's really exciting here is not that ramp, not that uh, bullish coming out from COVID, but some of the big projects in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't want to minimize. I want to. I do want to talk real quick about backlog before we get to those big projects, because um, the CEO mentioned on this fourth quarter earnings call that they have sixty-six million dollars in services treatment. They they break out uh, in the services segment. Excuse me. They break out their segments into treatment segment and services, and the service segment is where they have all of the backlog. And just to give a sense. Uh, of, of how significant that is uh, based upon what the CEO said in response to my question on the call about that, uh, we would expect at least 55 million of that uh, backlog to become revenue in 2022. That's just backlog. That doesn't include anything new they win. And to give a sense of how significant that is, that would be 43% top line growth in their services treatment or excuse me, their services segment, just from backlog alone. Again, any new projects they win would be on top of that. But uh, so that's how significant it is that they're returning to normal. Now we can perhaps move to some of these bigger projects. All right. So if you're ready, then let's let's uh, talk about some of the big ones. Yeah, I mean, we'll just begin with the biggest of them all, uh, which is the Hanford site, which is a nuclear site. Uh, the government used it back uh, during the creation of nuclear weapons, uh, I believe it was the largest site if in the U.S., if not in the world, where uh, plutonium uh, was used. And there's uh, a big push now uh, to get this cleaned up. It, it's been on the docket for the government for a long time, and there's been a big push here recently. And in fact, there was a permafix. What, what they do is a unique solution there, which is they're able to turn this waste into grout, remove it from the Hanford site and dispose of it uh, in a safe place. And um, when they actually, when they uh, turn it into grout, it makes it much safer to transport off the site. And so there was a three phase uh, project that Permafix is involved with. They finished the first phase, I can't remember how many gallons, and there's millions, like 50 million, I believe, plus gallons of waste estimated at this site right now. Um, so it, they did like some small number. I think it was like five or 10 gallons or something really insignificant. Uh, but they're gearing up to do a 2000 uh, gallon test phase two uh, later this year. Looks like it'll be in the back half of 2022. In addition to that, Permafix is, is part of a bidding conglomerate that uh, the Department of Energy is expected to award uh, to one of two main groups uh, this project here in the back half of the year as well. And if that happens, Permafix would move into uh, phase three of this project next year, which would be between 300 and 500,000 gallons uh, that they would treat and then 
in 2024 and beyond, they'd be looking to do at least a million gallons uh, per year, probably eventually up to two to three million gallons a year. And uh, that would be at like $70 uh, per gallon, the, the treatment. Have, so, uh, have the they got the infrastructure revenue. to ramp up to do that? Yeah, they do. They have the current, their current capacity they've mentioned before is about a million gallons that they can take care of right now uh, with fairly low capital expenses, especially in comparison to the return on investment. Uh, they, could, they can gear up to do two, three million uh, gallons per year. My expectation, however, is that if they win this contract, uh, if their group wins this contract and they prove out that they can do, you know, on this massive scale, the grout method, uh, then I think they'll probably be, be bought out before, you know, they get to that, that point, um, in which case, you know, someone much, a much bigger player will easily be able to afford the capacity improvements. Hanford is just one of several. Uh, major opportunities in front of the company. What are some of the others? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So Hanford is really, to me, is like the grand, that would be a grand slam for Permafix. Uh, there's several other projects um, that it looks like they're going to to win at least a big a portion of it or a, a material portion for them. Uh, one of those is the U.S. Navy decommissioning uh, many nuclear submarines. We've uh, talked about tech precision before and the submarine program that the U.S. Navy has coming over the next several decades. And in order to make room for those new submarines, they have to decommission some of the old ones. And so Permafix is currently working on uh, one of those submarines. And, and to give you a sense of the, the size of that, the CEO said on the conference call um, that they're working on what is probably one of the smallest jobs right now which will be in the 40 to $50 million range for revenue. Uh, Permafix last year, their total revenue was $72 million. Uh, before COVID, it was just over 100 million. So that gives you a sense. And, and uh, he said, in addition to that, in the one they're working on now, they believe that they'll have several more coming down the pipeline over the next uh, several years. And then the, again, this program probably continue on for at least a decade to make room for these new submarines. And he said that uh, those will be anywhere from 50 million to $200 million each. Uh, and that, you know, of course, it depends on the how contaminated, contaminated they are and so forth. Uh, but should be a really, you know, strong revenue stream for Permafix for at least a decade or more. Well, doing big government projects certainly can generate revenue. How, how's the company in terms of margin? Are they able to negotiate prices that would be attractive? Yeah, generally speaking, they are. And that would be, you know, one of the risks with Permafix is some of the, the contracts are fixed rate structure. So, you know, they do need to bid them uh, in, uh, in a wise fashion to make sure that they make money on it. But historically, that hasn't been a problem. It, the margins did contract, of course, um, during the slowdown during COVID. But part of the reason for that uh, is that the company actually kept all of their employees because you know they're in this for the long run, and that was something that the CEO highly recommend that that people go look at the uh, fourth quarter transcript uh, and see some of the comments the CEO made because in the in the Q and A uh, somebody asked about it. Some of their competitors went out of business, and and they said not so much that the competitors went out of business, but people that they're often bidding against. You know they 
they human resources are down uh, after COVID, whereas Permafix was able to keep and made the conscious decision to keep their people uh, so that they'd be ready for this big ramp up, uh, knowing that it was eventually going to happen regardless of COVID. I remember uh, putting the uh, press release. Uh, I highlighted the most um, compelling sections of the press release uh, when it was issued. I don't think anybody's put the transcript up, but uh, you get me excited about this, Aaron. I promise to have the transcript up and available for people on the Breakout Investor platform uh, by the time this podcast airs. So um, uh, I'll well, try to- be fantastic. There are a lot of highlights, so I expect a lot of comments on there. You usually uh, post a section of it at a time, and then people need to look at the comments to see some, see some of the other highlights. There's, again, I'm extremely bullish on this company right now. And just, you know, for me to conclude that there's other things that I'll talk about, probably eventually write an article again on them, but, I think the stock really could potentially triple by the end of this year, just based upon the business that they have in their pipeline that I expect them to win and, and to recognize as revenue. Absolutely. So um, you, you you work on the uh, the rankings portion of the platform. I'll get the transcript up. We'll get this podcast out. And uh, I think you're going to have the CEO have a call with management for the breakout community sometime in the near future. Is that right? Yeah, that's the plan. We're working on it. They proposed a date and it just conflicted with uh, the dolphin call that we have coming up uh, as we're recording this podcast on the April 14th. We have the call with dolphin uh, coming up after hours. And so I said, you know, let's move it to a time that doesn't conflict. All right. Sometime within the next week or so, you think? I would hope so. Yeah. Next week or the following. All right. Well, great work as always, Aaron. Thank you very much. I'll do the readout. Uh, This has been 10 Minutes. We are Breakout Investors. The podcast is meant as an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion on Permafix and for other small and micro-cap names with catalysts on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com or download the app at the Apple or Android app stores. The Breakout Investor 10-Minute Podcast is indicated and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, listen, and give us a five-star review. Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not breakout investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither breakout investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor, known as providing investment advice. Before investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.